I'm going to have to look that up. Aloha, everyone. Brian here. Hope everyone is doing well. Wanted to put out a shorter episode, not long after last week's, to give a bit of a recap of Empire of the Cyclops Con, the Goodman Games online convention this past weekend. So that would be the 5 through 7 November weekend. Uh, worldwide attendance, at least uh, probably mostly in the U.S. slash, you know, U.S., Canada, North America, but at least my son and I connected from Australia. I know there are a few from Europe. I know there were some games, in addition to ours, I know they ran some games at some very convenient spots for Europe and also for down here. Uh, So yeah, thanks to the judges for doing that. So if you're not familiar with it, this follows several online conventions that Goodman has held, and they keep getting better, at least. So that's my, that's, that's my takeaway. Keep getting better. I don't know about the attendance. I know I watch some of the, the Twitch. Uh, I wouldn't say Twitch streams. I'd say the videos of the streams uh, after the fact. So I don't know if attendance was down, but they definitely expanded the online experience. We've talked before about that Gather Town village, online dealer hall, an inn to have some virtual social hours, some virtual pickup games, plus some uh, puzzles to find some stickers, solve some riddles, and all of that good stuff. A little retro arcade, which is kind of a neat touch, especially retro gauntlet, which, which now that I think back to it, and I remember getting that for, oh God, whatever, the Commodore 64 or you know, kind of early early PC, pre, pre-Windows machine that we had. I remember getting a disc of that at some point after spending too many quarters in the arcade. And to be honest, I think for a while, Gauntlet, for a few of us, took the place of our D&D campaigns, kind of late middle school, early high school. I remember doing some uh, weekend time on, on the Gauntlet. But nevertheless, back to the convention. If you didn't participate... It's mostly Dungeon Crawl Classics, not exclusively. I ran two sessions this time, which is a first for me in many ways. I have not run any games at an online convention. I've run a few online, but for folks that we know and definitely judged games in person. But this is the first time that I ran them, so figured I'd give it a shot. Just a few things, and I won't necessarily spoil the adventure if you're interested but i ran frost fang expedition it's part of the purple sorcerer Sullenlands omnibus you can get it separately but there are several adventures collected in there that you can play as a campaign uh, or as one shots and they are perfectly designed to fit in a four-hour convention spot uh, plus or minus it could definitely take more than four hours overall these, I, I pick these up either through some kind of special, or I know I've gotten one of them through kind of the, the annual fundraiser for Purple Sorcerer, where you donate some money and they give you a free PDF, <laughs> which is a fantastic deal. And overall, the way that these adventures laid out is fantastic uh, for, for running them, uh, especially if you're like me, and, and although I wanted to make sure I was ready for these games, obviously did not have the time to prep that I wanted, uh, although I did spend quite a bit of time uh, evenings instead of just reading 
I was reading through the adventure and making notes. But it's laid out in such a way that it's clear what the adventure is. There's there's a there's a clear goal. There's some different dynamics, and in this one, it's journeying to the village of Neverthaws. There is a mysterious castle that seems to float in the air from an old wizard Dagon that has been there a long time and seems to have gone gotten corrupted, maybe insane. No one knows. And uh, over the years, this community had been uh, really supported by, or I guess they were focused on the uh, the mines, the Ardok mines. So very successful mines. Uh, the wizard was there, but doing lots of experiments. And there was a time when they had a pretty pretty good, I guess, uh, mutual understanding seemed to kind of provide a level of protection. But when the experiments got to be too crazy, and at one point, uh, you know, his entire castle ripped itself out from the side of the mountains and rose into the air. It's tethered to the the top of one of the peaks, Frostfang, by a, by a bridge, of course, old and rickety. And at the same time, this the, this incident caused a massive collapse in the mines. There was also rumors of a, of a beast getting loose and, of course, sent the, the village into ruins. So you are, you are there to help the latest uh, call, the latest, in this case, you know, the holy man, the, the cleric, calling out for help. He's received a note from the wizard with some specific instructions and the party will venture up. So they have some colorful NPCs that end up going along with the party, which also makes it nice for conventions. One, because this is DCC and can be pretty de- deadly, excuse me, and it's designed for first level. Uh, so you have some some extra characters to, to help out. <laughs> and hopefully if the players are taking a bit of a beating, uh, maybe share that beating. And then two, there's also some nice little interplay between them. And the journey itself uh, is not, it's, it's one of those that uh, maybe you could debate about railroad or not railroad, but being a, a one shot, you know, four hour, it's a pretty clear path. Although there are a couple of good forks and good story hooks to let the players take a chance to go, you know, essentially one way or the other and have a different set of experiences. And it actually fits into the story really well. So it, the way it played out, in both sessions, both groups ended up taking the the same choice, which was a, a shortcut, of course, through the mines with the promise of some more gold, but of course, facing some other uh, <laughs> touchy encounters. And then, you know, you make your way to the top and then face off against a wizard and was able to run both in four hours. Everybody seemed to have a, a, a good time. I, I thought the sessions were actually pretty good, pretty funny, pretty lighthearted. Um, I mean, other than the normal when I say normal, is what you'd expect from DCC that, again, it's first level. It can get pretty deadly pretty quickly. <laughs> there are a few spots that you, you really, you know, you, you kind of almost find yourself in the save or die category or at least, you know, ability check in this case, agility checks and whatnot, or, or yeah, potentially die. And the same with some of the, some of the encounters. They require some creative thinking. There definitely was creative thinking. The Friday session... It was full, and unfortunately, just given life, which I definitely understand, we only had two players, but uh, really great uh, set, and both guys did really well. <laughs> had a lot of good interaction. Um, so the next day when my son played, so for me, I think it was a Saturday night East Coast, but it was a Sunday afternoon, uh, another great session. 
it had been full. One player didn't make it, but uh, one of the guys that we'd actually played with before, he remembered my son and I from, we were all in one of the Cyclops kind of ventures, uh, was able to get um, a friend, uh, roommate, at the last minute to join, which worked out really well. So, you know, well well done. I, I think for me, uh, especially in between sessions, I did a little of extra prep after the first session, uh, more to, to think about ways to... I, I modify the adventure, but maybe maybe change around a few things in in a sense to make sure the biggest thing that I worried about in running this, uh, other than it not seeming very interesting, uh, was the you know the fear of the the sudden death or an early death. So you know what I did is I, I tried to um, generate a few extra characters and kind of prepare them for you know, in, in, in case of death, you know, break glass, extra character comes out. So there are a few points where I had, uh, in my mind, at least some things staged, because I know the night before, uh, they got, actually, one one was fairly wounded at some point, but thankfully, <laughs> the, the part that I worried about um, made all their checks successfully, <laughs> and uh, the next group on on uh, Sunday afternoon, my time did, did pretty well. Um, I guess other good thing in, in their favor, you know, we ran this. I know many many people differ on how they do online conventions. I found that in playing games, the ones I enjoy the most have been over some kind of video chat, whatever it is, Zoom, Discord, Teams, etc. So you can see everybody, you can talk, you can do a bit of screen share to show some things. But we haven't used the virtual tabletop. Uh, I I just I like that more. I don't, not that I don't like, I, sh- I shouldn't say I don't like Roll20 or other. I've played games in them, but definitely if I'm running a game or if, if I have a choice, I would rather just do a, a bit of theater of the mind, uh, do video chat, have the ability to share. I think it just, <laughs> again, maybe I'm getting old, even though uh, I do work in technology for a living. There's less distractions or less things to worry about. And so I ran the game this way with everybody able to roll their own dice and just on on the honor and you i mean you can you can never tell but the way that the dice fell were fantastic so there were a few key points where there were some really bad rolls in the players and worked really well for the story there were great rolls at great times for the players uh consistently i rolled poorly and I told uh, I told the guys that after the Friday night game, and I even prepped the 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 next game with the fact that you know that the players did really well. It was a tough adventure, I said, but they they had a lot of luck on their side, even though they were burning some. Uh, I was burning the rest of it because I rolled mainly in the single digits. The few exceptions were actually when I rolled for the NPCs. So uh, I think in the the first game, the best rolls I had were exclusively the NPC rolls. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. That's how it goes, and and ended up being being pretty pretty cool. So I, I think they had a good time. And I guess the only thing I'd, I'd say is for those of you, uh, e- even if you're not um, you know a, a big DCC fan or or not looking to play, since these are they're DCC, but these are easily adaptable, and especially because of the way they're streamlined, a good thing that I've found is it's almost digest side. You can kind of digest size, excuse me. You can print it two, you know, pages with the right view on a sheet of paper, at least A4 paper. Very clear. They've got, you know, flavor text you can read to the players, but they got some highlights. They've got great recommendations on, you know, if you want to scale up or scale down, depending on how things are going. Um, other little hooks, ways to make it into a campaign, uh, ways to 
to, you know, kind of enhance. And the thing that I really like, which isn't available in a lot of them, especially some of the Watsi hardbacks, um, is just having for the monster stats, having the quick summary of them there to kind of keep things rolling, even if they're common ones you would find in your bestiary. So in this case, in the DCC book, it gives you a little bit, it's just a little bit easier time, not just on the on the prep, but, but on the go, because there's a couple times when we got to something that I found it was much easier just to have it right there in front of me instead of having to cut it out of somewhere else and put it right in front of me or go and look and kept things flowing a little faster. So all of this would be fairly easy to convert to you know some some form of uh, of D and D old school essentials etc. So that was uh, that was the experience. My son really enjoyed it. Uh, it's good seeing him interact uh, with the uh, you know the adult group. Even though I made it teen and teens and up, uh, he had a really good game. He's getting the hang of DCC. Had some really good creative spell casting. Almost too good, but uh, you know you, when you go by the rolls, that's uh, that's the beautiful thing about DCC Magic is. Uh, the good roles uh, really reward you. So that was my experience. I did not get to play in any games, mostly because of the time commitment with running two sessions. And then there were a few off-hours games. In fact, they were open up until, God, a few days before. But the one big thing that I've found, and it's not, it's it's something that I think I expected, but just the amount of time that online conventions can take up. And they are, it's a, it's a great way to game. Um, what I found is that I think during one of the Cyclops cons, maybe not, maybe both of them, I think we were, one was a, was the, it was kind of actually an autumn day that wasn't that great. And my son and I had back-to-back games. We played them together when I was introducing him to DCC. And, it was a Sunday, and we didn't have much else going on, so it just seemed to really work well. It was like just like a full-on game of a day of gaming, excuse me, and it 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 just it felt. I mean, we we're tired afterwards. Felt pretty good. The second one, I think, was the same. You know, the weather was was kind of eh outside. It's a little bit harder, even though this is November, and you know, for most of North America. And Europe as well. Weather is turning a little bit crisper. You obviously had the daylight saving shift right in the middle of it, so you you may have a few weekend days where it's 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 great to sit down and do some gaming and not have to leave the house. But uh, here in Australia, getting into summer, uh, where the weather is gorgeous, even though it gets pretty hot, uh, it it was hard. It was hard to kind of keep myself in the study for for two four hour slots. Uh, also a bit hard on the home life, as uh, my partner expressed uh, quite a bit of dismay. I think she she mellowed out after seeing the session with my son, but uh, we uh, it's it's also a bit of bad timing. We just got into the permanent house, uh, even though we settled mid October. But last weekend was the first full move weekend where we were really just hauling stuff, and this week was continuing to. Uh, get some furniture, do some unpacking, do some cleaning, do some of the immediate repairs that had to be done, all while I worked a normal week, which is notional 40 hours, but of course more than that. And we got to the weekend, and I think then she sat down and did the math. (laughs) 
said, why is this taking so much time? Uh, but anyway, I think the, uh, the long-term solution, uh, which I told her, one would be to get her to game, <laughs> but two, and, and something that, that even doing this and as fun as it is, and especially now that there's quite a few people in the overall community that I've played in a few games with online. So of course, like others have found, you, you get a bit of friendship, even if it's virtually. I would much prefer to get in-person gaming back and we're close here. In fact, because obviously we're vaccinated in Queensland, we've been fortunate that we did not have to lock down as much and restrictions have, have eased quite a bit. So there are some local gaming stores, thankfully, uh, one not too far. Um, another one inside of the CBD that I remember years ago going to and making a purchase that would be great to go to just a bit of a hike. But the local store has started with the Adventures League in person again. And probably, I mean, I'd have to go find out, but I'm sure would be willing to people running some events there. And then the meetup groups are going strong. So, I, you know, this is a, I know in, in listening to um, lots of the anchorites talk about it. Uh, obviously, over the last couple of years, people have upped their virtual gaming, but that was something that when I first got back into it, just opened my eyes to the fact that you could do this virtually and keep in touch with folks. And I'll be honest, um, uh, Singapore quarantine time earlier in the year was it just happened to work out to be a fantastic time. It overlapped with OrcaCon, so I played in a couple of Pathfinder games online. And again, I, obviously, many of us, and that would include me, would rather these be in person. But uh, especially given that situation where I could not go anywhere, it it, it was the you know the the perfect storm of events. So we'll get to some in person gaming. So kind of given all that and the move the week before, didn't get a didn't get the the Cthulhu starter set out. Uh, so we missed the the Halloween window, but we kind of missed it all together, being here and being busy. And just in transition. So that will come out. That will come out maybe for a bit of a family game. A few other thoughts just to close out on the convention itself. In the closing, Joseph Goodman announced the name of the next in the series of Cyclops Cons, which will be in May of 2022. Romance of the Cyclops Con. As he said, and I, I don't know, but I would suspect he's correct. This may be the first game convention with romance in the title. So we will uh, see what happens. Romance of the Cyclops Con. I didn't get to wander around the Gather Town. It was much bigger. Maybe not much bigger, but definitely larger than the last convention. More puzzles to get stickers, finding little clues, remembering names of different gods, deities, picking up names from different pieces along the way. I uh, mentioned the Retro Arcade. So that was all pretty cool. They had a good discount, which I believe is expired. And one quick note is that, as I had done before, uh, but but in this case, uh, it worked out a little bit differently. I wanted to take advantage of it, so I put a bunch of stuff in my cart and, of course, had some of the stickers that I found on one of the convention nights and, unfortunately, didn't get finished and got distracted. And so did not get around to my cart until it was actually Monday, Australia time. So it was still Sunday, but I think it might have been past midnight uh, Sunday. So it might have been Monday morning East Coast time uh, or somewhere in the U.S. And I think the coupon expired. <laughs> so my my potential purchases timed out 
uh, it'll, I guess it helps my wallet, helps me with figuring out shipping them either to a U.S. address and then forwarding or giving them to a friend to hold on to. So anyway, but yes, definitely tempted that Te Temple of Elemental Evil. That's a big one, but that is one that uh, I got to play test with my son. I think one of the at one of the Cyclops cons, and he actually remembers that quite well and in quite some detail, as it turns out. And so he is definitely interested to get that. So at some point in the future, I am sure we'll get the elemental evil. And I don't have. Uh, I, I've been getting some call-ins uh, from. Got one from Jay, got a few from Jason, so thank you so much. I don't think I'll have them at the end of this episode. But just to pick up on one thing Jason mentioned, and just when talking about 5e and the different products and third-party content, and it's something I've hit on, and I think a lot of people have. Yeah, the original Adventures Reincarnate Goodman are fantastic. And yeah, I, I'm, I feel the same thing that many have said. It is the only set of products from Goodman Games that you won't get the PDF for. And of course, that's exclusively because of Wizards of the Coast policy. And I, it, more and more, and it's not to be sore about it, but I think that's the one thing that you mentioned last time about Watsi. It's just, um, especially being over here and uh, everyone's aware of the not only the, the cost of shipping out of the outside the U.S. Maybe not everyone is aware of it, but I think if you, if you pay enough attention, uh, if you're in the U.S., you'll realize that. And then, obviously, if you live outside or have the chance to come live outside, you directly witness that. But the delays and the cost just continue to make the accessibility availability of PDFs uh, a great solution. I'm. I go back and forth. I, I love having the books. I know I've gone through periods where I've had to downsize. And of course, I no longer have my original, original set of books. But I quickly picked up a little stash, brought them over with us. And at times, I'm torn because I do love just sitting down and reading a physical book over a digital version. And in playing, I think it depends. I'm finding in preparation... Although I, th I like going through a book, making some handwritten notes, and then, you know, cobbling some things on the computer with the PDF of Frostfang, and then the ability to extract certain sections, obviously the maps, and a few other key things, and make some digital notes. Obviously, playing online, I'm able to access that pretty, pretty quickly, and it made the adventure hopefully a little bit uh, more seamless for the players. But even at a tabletop, it'd be it'd be great to put that together and print out. So I I think in the next year I'm gonna have to have to focus more on on some PDF purchases. But uh, that won't be that won't be exclusively the case. As I know some Kickstarters hopefully will fulfill next year that I've gotten, and the Call of Cthulhu set for their anniversary I think was due at the end of the year. But I, I would not be surprised if that's that's delayed because of the, the ongoing uh, shipping fiasco. The other thing that I've been looking at, and I put a note in a couple Discord places, and if there are additional thoughts, please feel free to give me an audio message or email. I was looking to get my son an introductory set or a starter set of another game for uh, Christmas, and so we've obviously had some of the D&D &D ones, but I was looking for a game, something different, and even perhaps something that I, 
uh, well, ideally something I'm interested in playing, but but that I don't necessarily know. So either we learn it together, maybe he's inspired to run it. And the RuneQuest starter set, I already had my eye on seeing that that's coming out. And then uh, they have some pretty good Australian-friendly shipping or a warehouse here. So uh, hopefully that does not get uh, delayed. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to order that for him. But if there are other suggestions, um, the, the Pathfinder one's on the on the list because I know that's a great beginner box. Uh, but I think I like the idea of, of of RuneQuest and the world and the system and getting him something that, although yes, it's fantasy, it's you know different from from D and D since obviously Pathfinder has evolved from an earlier edition. Uh, but some some other suggestions have come come my way. So yeah, if you do have any, I I do enjoy hearing them and we'll see what works out. That's going to be it. We'll see if I can get back to some Cthulhu notes here in the future. Uh, some other DCC topics, I'm sure. Probably more 5e. I also think I forgot to discuss uh, a beer selection in the last episode. And uh, thankfully, the, the, the selections, every time I visit a new bottle shop, uh, are growing. I, I find ones that are new and and interesting and so um it's one that i have finished recently uh, i think i recorded early in the morning uh so i don't think that i was uh i was enjoying one uh while i recorded the last one but the one of the more interesting ones one i'd never heard of a small brewery uh, out of victoria uh mornington peninsula brewery and the reason i picked them one it was actually pretty decent price. Um, as I mentioned before, the uh, price of beer can be a bit dear in Australia, but they seem to be producing a few classic beers in addition to some of the you know pale ales, extra pale ales, indie pale ales, and they had a brown. And so they had a six-pack of the brown available at the bottle shop, um, tried it, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I am a big fan of, of brown ales, of some of the ales that are a little more... Uh, malt forward multi as opposed to I do like pale ales I do like quite a few indie pale ales but I am not I would say pun intended as hopped up as others on the IPAs so the morning time brown captured my attention it was very good and I'm hoping that this is one that's uh, available through the year I think it's one of their core beers so I will definitely be picking it up in the future uh, but until then, I hope everyone is staying safe and sane and enjoying their games, and we'll talk later. Cheers.